Support comes from Bellingham's Whatcom Museum with its historic Hall of Birds on May 31st and June 1st hosting bird taxidermist and museum preservationist Alice Markham for a weekend of events and workshops. Details and tickets at whatcommuseum.org. Hey, you're listening to Soundside. I'm Libby Denkman. It's cold and it's dark outside today in western Washington. In other words, it's early January in the Pacific Northwest. And when you think about wildlife you may see on a day like this, hummingbirds may not be first on your list. But my neighborhood hummingbirds were at my backyard feeder today, sucking down that sugar juice that I carefully mix up every few days. Yes, thanks to humans like me, hummingbirds live here year-round and they can withstand very cold temperatures as long as there's an ample source of food. In fact, one of the world's foremost researchers on the small nycterivores has followed them here. Alejandro Rico Guevara uses high-speed cameras and an endless well of fascination to connect with the birds, which has led to a series of groundbreaking discoveries. Soundside's Hans Anderson met with Alejandro and has his story. Alejandro Rico Guevara remembers when he first realized he was a hummingbird guy. And I don't mean like I fill my hummingbird feeder every week type of guy, but a I want to know everything about these birds type of guy. He was on a field trip through the Amazon rainforest looking for spiders. It was mostly quiet on the trip, no animals to be seen. Then a hummingbird showed up. Hummingbirds are different. They are very bold, which is very interesting because of their size, right? Tiny birds, you would imagine that would be scared of you. But they weren't scared. And suddenly Alejandro realized why they might be braver than the bigger and maybe even deadlier animals. Probably because of their capabilities, like flight, for instance, they're so fast. They may not be as scared as others. For the first time in his life, Alejandro saw hummingbirds completely differently. And it changed him. Since then, he's dedicated his life to looking at them in ways other people can't. And what he's learned, well, it changed the world's understanding of hummingbirds, and at times has been of great use to humans. I met Alejandro in the Life Sciences Building at the University of Washington, where he's an associate professor and curator of birds at the Burke Museum. He led me down a labyrinthine series of hallways to a small room. Knock first. <laughs> Inside, two PhD students, some cameras, a complicated-looking machine, and a cage. The center of attention in this room is a small Anna's hummingbird, no larger than a few inches tall, flying around the cage. There's a feeder, which occasionally opens up, and the hummingbird hovers towards it. Today, the students are collecting data on hummingbirds' respiration rate while feeding. Hummingbirds move quickly, and to understand them, Alejandro and his students use high-frame rate cameras. A movie or a TV show has 24 or 30 frames per second. Alejandro's cameras record anywhere from 200 to 1,000 frames per second. When those videos are slowed down, there's a lot of visual information, which gives Alejandro incredible insight into this bird's life. Take, for example, how hummingbirds fight. What you perceive like a blur and a quick emotion, they just crash against each other and then they flow away, when you slow down that action, a lot is happening. That fighting is often brutal. Hummingbirds use their talons and beaks to grab, poke, and jab at each other in midair. Alejandro says he's even seen a hummingbird grasp another with its talons and carry it away from a feeder, a move he likens to a soccer player grabbing the jersey of an opponent. But it goes further than that. When Alejandro slowed down the video of hummingbirds fighting, 
he saw they appeared to be sword fighting with their bills. That's something he knows quite a lot about. He fences, and his father-in-law even does it at an Olympic level. And what Alejandro saw those hummingbirds doing looked very familiar. At least for me, fencing is about keeping distance. So fencing is sort of like a dance in which you, you know, try to approach to get into a, the right distance to make your move. And then the opponent is trying to keep that distance to do the same. So hummingbirds, when they fly against each other, you can see this invisible force field between the two of them, which I think is exactly the same that you see in, in fencing bouts. Uh, you can see other maneuvers that they do with their beaks that are very reminiscent of what fencers do, which is parry. Uh, parry is a defensive action. Uh, to stop being hit by the opponent's attack. Sometimes one would attack another one, so the bill is coming straight at you, and the other one, instead of moving away from that, it just grabs the incoming bill with its own bill and deflects it. And then that leaves the opponent also vulnerable. So then what you can do is do a counterattack. So you parry, and then you can take that open space to make your move and uh, repost. And when I started seeing those maneuvers, uh, I was, you know, blown away by both the similarities and the fact that they do it many times faster than we can, right? <laughs> So this is all very cool, but Alejandro's hummingbird research also has very direct, tangible, real-world benefits. Swabs. In one of his first research projects, Alejandro looked at hummingbirds' tongues and found that the mechanism for how hummingbirds feed was more like, uh, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but, but bear with me. Scientists used to believe that hummingbirds use their tongues to suck up nectar almost like a straw. What Alejandro saw was that basically the tongue unfurls and extends little fringes. In the slow motion videos, the tongue almost looks like a squid, tentacles expanding into the liquid nectar. And when you pull it out, those little fringes close on themselves and trap little droplets. This all happens quickly over and over and over again. And for the energy-dependent birds, it's efficient because the droplets just stick to their tongues. So it's almost automatic because it's operated by the surface tension forces when the hummingbird is pulling out the tongue. A few years ago, people became intimately familiar with the hummingbird's tongue mechanism. And I mean intimately. It was in their noses. Because Alejandro's research was used to design more efficient swabs for COVID tests. It was just improved collection both in time and force. These little things have large applications sometimes. Alejandro is continuing to look at hummingbirds, their metabolic rate, the small serrations in their bills, and the co-evolution of common nectivore traits across the world. Is there any direct use for this information? Possibly. But there's another value here, and you don't need a special camera to see it. Alejandro calls hummingbirds important ambassadors of the natural world. 
If you walk down any street in Seattle, you'll likely see at least one hummingbird feeder, sometimes a cluster of them at the same house or apartment building. There's a fascination with these birds. People connect with nature because they have amazing creatures in their yards and they want to protect them, they want to know more about them, and that way we can conserve ecosystems. Is it interesting and even useful to know how their tongues work? For sure. But their small size, quick movements, and iridescent feathers have been fascinating humans since time immemorial. It's what drew Alejandro to these birds in the first place. And it has a value all its own. For Soundside, I'm Hans Anderson. Thanks for listening to Soundside. By the way, this show is only possible because listeners support us. If you are able to give right now, check out the show notes for a link to donate. And don't forget, you can listen live on KUOW 94.9 FM Seattle at noon and 8 p.m. Monday through Thursday or anytime online at KUOW.org. Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. A story of moral panic, grassroots activism, and an unstoppable music community that fought for its freedom. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network.